New Thought Guy. So anyway, for those that know him already, know what a treat you're in for, and those that don't, get excited, because here we are blessed with Reverend Jay Willie. Yeah. <laughs> Happy Father's Day, who's a father? How many kids you got? Two? Your father of five? She's a father of five. That's not impossible. You got two? Two kids? I have two kids. You have any kids you don't really know about? <laughs> I have five of those. Uh, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. It's a great thing to be a father. And I want to tell you a little bit about the history of Father's Day. Father's Day, interestingly enough, was inspired by Mother's Day. Um, there was a, a, a woman named um, Sonora Smart Dodd, was her name, in 1909 in Spokane, Washington. And she was sitting in church listening to a Mother's Day sermon. And she realized, well, wait a minute, what about fathers? Because she was part of a family of six children with a widower. So she was raised without a mother. It was a single parent father. And so she tried to drum up support for an official equivalent to Mother's Day. And she went around to the local churches there, the YMCA, the government, the shopkeepers, and um, she finally was successful. It was a little tough, but she finally was successful, and Washington State celebrated the nation's first Father's Day on June 19, 1910. Now, it didn't spread very quickly um, because the, the campaign to have a Father's Day throughout the nation wasn't enthusiastically met. In fact, one florist said, fathers haven't the same sentimental appeal that mothers have. But finally, in 1916, President Wilson honored that day by, this is great, this is so cool and probably was really neat and hip and, and geeky in 1916. He used a telegraph signal to unfurl a flag all the way from Washington, D.C. to Spokane, Washington. And th at that time, that was cool, because he, you know, he's sitting there in his office going, bee, 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 and this flag unfurled for the guys. In 1924, President Calvin Coolidge urged state governments to observe Father's Day, but like I said, it wasn't going over very well. Many men actually disdained the day themselves. They scoffed at the holiday's sentimental attempts <laughs> to, so man, it's so man, wait a minute, scoffed at the holiday's sentimental attempts to domesticate manliness. <laughs> We're so dumb sometimes. With, um, with flowers and gift giving. Who doesn't like flowers and gifts? Or they derided the proliferation of such a holiday as a commercial gimmick to sell more products often paid for by the father himself. Now that's not a bad point. So World War II comes, and retailers and advertisers are struggling because of the war effort and what was going on. So they decided to redouble their efforts, probably Hallmark got involved too, to make Father's Day a second Christmas for men 
and also a way to, of course, honor the uh, men in the American troops um, during the war. And by the end of the war, Father's Day became a national institution. And finally, in 1972, surprise, surprise, Richard Nixon signed a proclamation making Father's Day a federal holiday. Economists estimate that Americans spend more than $1 billion on Father's Day's gifts. And that's why you have so many ties. <laughs> now this is, um, today, following Father's Day on this date, is, um, is only America, Australia, I think the UK, um, other countries in Europe um, honor fathers on St. Joseph's Day, which is a traditional Catholic holiday. Um, I'm, I'm not sure why, if it's a holiday for baby aspirin or what St. Joseph's Day is for. And that falls on March 19th. And I believe there's a few countries where it's in September. And the Germans, the Germans celebrate Father's Day by going to the beer garden which is really nothing unusual, actually. I think any excuse for the Germans to go to the beer garden is there. Every day is, Every day is Father's Day <laughs> in Germany. So, funny enough, I don't want to talk about men today on Father's Day because fatherhood, like God, is not really gender-specific. It's not gender-centric. It is relational. And I want to talk about the relational. I want to talk about the energy, the masculine energy that's going on that we're talking about today. Now, this masculine energy is not necessarily a male energy. Sorry, guys. Um, it's non-gender. In the yoga tradition, it's the, the Shiva, which is the sun. The sun is the masculine energy versus the uh, Shatki, which is the moon, which is the feminine energy. So today we're going to talk about the Shiva. In that uh, beautiful uh, um, half white, half black circle that you see, the yin and the yang, the yang is the masculine. The yang creates a balance with the yin, the feminine energy in the universe. In the Science of Mind textbook, Dr. Holmes says, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. It would be impossible to make a clearer statement of truth. One life behind all that lives. One. 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 Never two. Never duality. One. The unity of all life. To learn this is to learn the secret of the ages. The unity between the masculine and the feminine, the divine and its creation is what I'm talking about here. We live in relation to ourselves, we live in relation to our families, our workplace and its inhabitants, our community here at the center. And when we are aware, we also live in the relation to the presence of life itself, to spirit, to the God within. It's always there. We don't always relate to it, but it's always there. So we are all fathers because of that masculine energy that we are a part of. Again, back, back to the science of mind. He said the seed of perfection is hidden within, in that inner sanctuary of our own nature, 
Hidden perhaps from objective gaze nestles the seed, the perfection. In the uh, Christian faith, as, as well as in our faith, we talk about the trinity of, of life, the triune nature of life. And in the creative process, there's a triune nature, um, father, mother, child, thought, action of law and demonstration. And of course, in nature, it's seed, dirt, and then plant. The idea, the father, the masculine, that we have about things in our life gets implanted, its word gets implanted into the law. Now the law is the feminine nature. The creative nature is more the feminine nature, the, the nurturing nature. So the creative process then takes this idea, this masculine energy, and manifests it into fact. The child, the result. Ideas are real, having the power within themselves to be man made manifest. Now there's a great thing, um, I don't use the Bible too much, but there's a great um, phrase in the Bible that um, inspired one of my favorite books, and it's from Proverbs, Proverbs 23, and it says, as a man thinketh in his own heart, so is he. Take away the gender, he, he, she, it. So in the book, As a Man Thinketh, by James Allen, that was written in the early 1900s, 1902, and then somebody about a decade ago took that whole book and changed all the genders to she and he and her, but whichever, as a person thinketh. In it, James Allen says, mind is the master power that molds and makes, and mankind, is mind, and evermore he or she takes the tool of thought and shaping what he or she wills, brings forth a thousand joys, a thousand ills. He or she thinks in secret and it comes to pass. Environment is but their looking glass. Sometimes, I think all of us, need to step into the masculine energy. Now for men that tends to not be too difficult, um, but maybe so, because we tend to um, uh, think of the male, the masculine energy as, a, as, as just a force, as a push. And it's not just that. And I want to talk about a little bit sometimes how we need masculine energy versus feminine energy, like a masculine energy would be doing, getting it done, whereas the female energy is the being. And we talk about being all the time in the science of mind, to, to allow spirit to, to be in us, to walk around just being spirit and allowing all the divine to do its thing. But then we also talk about walking the talk, and that's the doing. The masculine energy also is analytical versus intuitive. Um, and logical versus creative. I'm going to put those two together because we always think of, the science of mind gets this, um, 
And some people don't like it, that we're a mental science, that it seems just logical. You know, we're, we're taught very early in science of mind, you, you think of what you want and you put it into the law and it goes. And that's true. What we find out and what I teach and what you've heard me say here as well many times is that it's, it's a holistic thing. It's not just logic, it's feelings. It's a whole body, mind, spirit thing going on. But the more masculine energy is that use of the logical, is that use of the analytical. And that's part of the idea that we put into the law that brings into our experience what it is we require. Masculine energy is also concrete versus abstract. And this is fabulous because when you do your spiritual mind treatment, you know, you want to be concrete, you want to be specific, and you want to declare and allow to reveal. So you want your idea to be concrete. This is what I want. You know, you don't, you don't deal with how it's going to show up. Remember that? You don't deal with how it's going to show up. So um, I want that house or that house or better, but I don't need to deal with these people who have no intention of leaving that house deciding they wanted to sell it and sell it to me. But you don't have to get involved with that. Let the universe figure out how that house or something better or something like that is going to show up into your life. It's concrete, though, that I want that house because this, that, or the other. The floor plan, the area, blah, blah, blah. And that's like that in everything that we want to manifest. Be concrete and specific. Male energy also sometimes is controlling versus allowing. Now, controlling gets a bad rap because um, controlling uh, tends to be so that you're pushing somebody around. And that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about controlling our thoughts and our feelings and our lives. Not disallowing our thoughts and our feelings to pass through, but knowing the uh, thoughts and feelings that are not going to um, help us, that are not going to uh, make us grow, that are not going to put behind the BS of the BS, the little BS and the big BS, belief systems, the big BS. Um, we want to control that. We want to allow that to go through. Okay, I don't, here's this feeling, here are these ideas, these dumb ideas, this lack and limitation. Okay, I see you, I hear you, you know what, I'm done with you. That's taking control and allowing at the same time. So we want to step into the masculine energy traits that sometimes we ignore, that sometimes seem too um, assertive even. So doing versus being, analytical versus intuitive, concrete versus abstract, left brain versus right brain, thrusting, putting something in instead of just receiving. Receiving is a wonderful thing. Don't get me wrong. But the masculine is putting something into the law, putting your idea into the law so that it comes into form, it, it manifests, it demonstrates into your experience what it is you decided you require, whatever that is, peace of mind, that house, 
Now, there are five simple ways that I want to tell you very quickly how to engage this masculine energy. It comes from a place called the Luminous Warrior blog. I love that. The Luminous Warrior. So, here's one. Give something freely without expecting anything in return. That easy? Giving something freely without ever expecting anything in return. That can be a tough one. Volunteer work? Volunteer work, you know, after about six months, a year, two years, you're like, uh, I'm tired. I'm burnt out and volunteering my time. And so, you know, that's okay, take a break. People don't, people, people forget, just like in your career, you need to take a holiday. Sometimes you need to take a holiday from your volunteering so that you can refresh yourself. Could be a couple weeks, could be a month. And then you come back and you're able to freely give again without expecting anything in return. Here's another one that can be difficult. Support your loved ones unconditionally. Daddy, I want to be an actor. What, are you crazy? No, you know, maybe I want to be a sculptor. I just want to just sit in my um, studio and put my hand in clay and... Yeah, how are you going to make money that way? No, no. Unconditional. That's a difficult one. Parents, right? Parents, have you ever heard those kind of what I want to do for my life? Things where you're like, oh my gosh, oh, should, oh I got to say something. I have to say something. Really? Don't you want to be a lawyer? A doctor? Don't you want to be a doctor? Now, I was fortunate. I had parents who actually, when I said, I want to go to college and become a, a musical theater artist, they went, okay. Can you believe that? I didn't have to take typing or anything. <laughs> so, support your loved ones unconditionally. This means being non-judgmental. Doesn't mean you have to approve of it, by the way. Just being non-judgmental in support of one of their dreams and not thinking or offering um, <laughs> your advice about the implications of whatever that dream is. So that's actually kind of a masculine energy um, thing to do. Offer protection to someone. This does not mean um, disempowering them or rescuing them. You get the difference? Sometimes um, when we offer protection to someone, we step in. This is not about stepping in. This is about offering to be there just in case. Um, having, and, and if you want to do this in, in a more spiritual way versus just speaking about it, just offering your light without even telling them. You know, there are many times where practitioners will, um, will hear about something going on and they'll sit at home and they'll do a spiritual mind treatment for that person and that person doesn't even know that's happening. That person might be at home, whatever the situation is, whether they're ill or, or you know, uh, in, in want of finances or something like that. But the fact that they're sitting at home opening to reveal into their lives the healing of whatever's in their way 
is all that's required on their part because the practitioners at home, unbeknownst to the person, uh, doing a spiritual mind treatment, putting it into the law, into the universe, this is how it is for Susie or Joe or Patty or James. Offering protection to someone, whether they know it or not, whether it's to them or not, just being there. Now here's a great thing that we don't think of as a masculine energy um, to imbibe in, and that is doing something you enjoy. How many times do you go do something you enjoy throughout the week? Not what you have to do. Riding your bike, if you like riding the bike. Watching soap operas in the middle of the day when you should be at work, quote unquote. Um, writing in your journal. Do people do, do you do that for yourself? This is very important. It is leave the dishes, put the vacuum, leave the vacuum in the closet and sit down and whatever. Read that, read some poetry. poetry. Go sit out in your garden instead of, or piddle in your garden if that's what you like to do, if that's what gives you passion. Step into the divine masculine energy on behalf of someone else. Now this is very similar to what I was speaking about before. Without people knowing, pray for them. Be the light for them. Know the best for them. Know the healing for them. Now that seems like a very nurturing thing, which is more of a feminine energy, but it's not. It's also a masculine thing. And be there. And know that they have free choice. Know that for them. I want to tell you a little story that I read that really inspired me. Some years ago on a hot summer day in South Florida, a little boy decided to go for a swim in the old swimming hole behind his home. So he flew into the water, not realizing that as he swam toward the middle of the lake, remember we're in Florida, An alligator started swimming towards the shore. His father ran towards the water, yelling to his son as loudly as he could. You know, get out, get out, move past. Hearing his voice, the little boy became alarmed and made a U-turn to swim to his father, who was at the shore, which also the alligator was going towards. But it was too late. Just as he reached his father, the alligator reached him. From the dock, the father grabbed his little boy by the arms just as the alligator snatched his legs. And that began this tug of war between the two of them. The alligator was much stronger than the father, but the father was too passionate, of course, to let go of his son. A farmer happened to drive by, heard the screams, raced from his truck, took aim, shot the alligator dead. Now remarkably, after weeks and weeks in the hospital, the little boy survived. And a newspaper reporter came to interview him after this trauma and asked him if he would show him the scars. And the little boy lifted his pants leg and showed his legs 
and they were extremely scarred from the vicious attack of the animal, but he didn't lose his legs. And then with this great pride, he said to the reporter, but you have to look at my arms. And the reporter thought for a second, well, well I thought the alligator you know, was holding on to your legs. He goes, yes, but you have to look at my arms. I have great scars on my arms, too. The reporter said, okay. And the little boy rolled up his sleeves to show the deep scratches that his father's fingernails dug into his flesh. I have them because my dad wouldn't let me go. That's the masculine energy. And like that boy, whatever's going on, remember, always remember, and I don't care what's happening, how awful it might be, even if it's life-threatening, remember, the divine is always there, unconditionally to support you, to remind you of your power the power that's within you, its power that's within you, that dwells there. You know, there's times in our lives where we actually lock out Mother, Father, God. I have them. We just get so involved with the stuff that we forget where the support comes from, where the power of the sun comes into our lives. But it's always there that power. It's always there in each and every one of us, waiting to love, support, protect, and inform. That's why I wrote that affirmation the way I wrote it. I didn't write it so that you said you to somebody next to you, although that would have been nice. I, I wrote that so that you would say it knowing you are the divine speaking to yourself. And I learned this week, or last week I read this article, that using you instead of I is actually more powerful when you're doing self-talk. That the use of you is more difficult for a person to go, uh-uh, I don't agree, you're lying. Because it's an authority that figure that usually says you. And we are the authority figures for ourselves, supported by with the foundation of the divine. So today we honor the fathers and the masculine energy in us all, knowing that the divine is like Shep and the Limelights. Limelights? Remember Shep and the Limelights? Some of you might. In 1961, one of their lyrics was, gonna be here, come what may. So if everyone will close their eyes, if it's comfortable for you, let's know this together. There's a divine force, like the force of the sun, the Big Bang, that is within each and every one of us right here, right now. And I know that divine force, that masculine energy, supports each and every one of us in what we do, what I do, what you do. How each and every one of us feels, thinks, decides. And it is this power 
that makes us have the power of decision, the concrete idea that manifests into our lives. And no matter what's happening, where we go, what's going on, how we're feeling, that power is always there, waiting, waiting. And all we need to do, and what we will do from this moment forward, is listen. Listen to the universe calling. And the universe is saying this, Daddy's home. Daddy's home. Daddy's home. Your daddy's home to stay. I'm grateful for all of this. For every moment, for every word, for every feeling, for every idea supported by the divine right here, right now, all the time, forevermore. Happy Father's Day. And so it is. Namaste, everyone. Thank you so much.